0: Welcome to Inside Out again. Glad you guys joined us for youth group tonight. Um, We're going to be starting something new this week. God's kind of laid a a series of messages on my heart that I hope I can make some sense with tonight. If you don't have a bulletin, you need to have one tonight real quick. Please go grab one because I'm going to try to stay closer to my notes in the bulletin tonight. So if you don't have one, please go over there and grab one real quick because we're going to be talking about something starting a series that I've I've named it. Battle Ready is the name of the series that we're going to be looking at tonight. Tonight's message could be titled, Who is Our Enemy? Because the scripture, is kind of the foundational scripture for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about a lot of different scriptures, but for the next four weeks, the foundational scripture is going to be Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Last week, we talked about with Elijah and his servant, and they were in that battle, and all the warriors that were on the hill, the fiery horses and the fiery chariots. I want to kind of stay in that theme of the battle, Okay. But Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says this. This will be, again, this will be kind of our foundational scripture for the next four weeks, okay? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, I don't know about you guys but in today's world I see a lot of bickering, a lot of fighting, a lot of backbiting, a lot of just discontented people in the world because we're fighting what seems to be a horizontal battle. We're fighting, we're fighting horizontally with each other rather than understanding what the battle is really all about. And I believe from a political standpoint, from a moral standpoint, all sorts of things going on in our own city, our own state, our own country and and around the world, I believe we're in the midst of a very large spiritual battle, you guys, and I want you guys to high school students to know how to fight right, if I can put it that way. I don't want you to fight with each other. At times we have human enemies, if we're gonna be honest. Sometimes we just don't get along with people. Somebody's done something to me, harmed me, offended me, whatever that is. Horizontal fighting will happen. But we have to understand, just like Elisha last week, If, if remember Elisha prayed for the servant's eyes to be opened? I believe even in your home, friends, family, politics, whatever it is, when we seem to be fighting horizontally, I really believe it's because our eyes are not open spiritually. If our eyes were open spiritually and we could see what's going on in the heavenly realms, I think it would scare us to death, number one, but then we would see where the real, the real and true battle actually lies. So when you start fighting with each other and you start bickering in your home and you're not getting along with your mom and dad or your brother and sister, I want you to remember this. They're not your enemy, even though they seem like they are, and they may be an actual enemy at the moment, the battle is not there. The battle is above that, if you will. And if you ask God to open your eyes up spiritually, I really believe you'll see where the battle really lies because when I'm, I tell married couples this all the time, we're fighting with each other, or gonna get married if I'm doing premarital counseling. Here's one of the things I tell them, and, and I would challenge you guys with this just as a thought going forward before I get into the meat of what I wanna talk about. I'll use Rachel and I as an example. Okay? Let's say Rachel and I are having a knockdown drag out fight at home. I can't I've lost count of the number of adults that I have come into my office, or you guys have probably known as well. You ask them, What were you fighting about? We don't even remember. The battle gets to raging and we lose sight of the fact of what we're even fighting about to begin with most of the time. So I tell people this all the time and here's a rhythm about what I want you to have in your relationships. I challenge people and Rachel and I do this in our own life. If we get bickering back and forth a little bit, which we don't hardly at all anyway, but if it happens that way over the years when it has happened, you know what we do? We stop and we pray. We stop in the middle of the fight and we pray for each other. And we pray, God, we don't want to do this. We don't even remember why we were fighting. Please help us not do this. Because Rachel would never do anything to purposely harm me. I'd never do anything to purposely harm her. Why in the world are we even fighting to begin with? So when you get to fighting with your sisters or your moms and your dads, I want you to stop. You want to freak your parents out? You really want them to go, What's wrong with you? Do this. The next time you're fighting with your mom and dad and you're not getting along, stop. Say, Mom, Dad, let's pray. They'll be like, What do you mean, let's pray? Let's pray because you don't want to do this and I don't want to do this, let's ask for God to intervene because here's what I know. The guy we're going to be talking about tonight wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy every single relationship you have. He wants to wreck, and especially the one with God. But you've got to understand, Satan's who we're going to be talking about tonight. He's our enemy, the devil, and his main attack, you know where his battleground begins? How many times have I told you guys, if you're going to be a real Christian, you have to start at home. If you're not gonna be a real Christian in your house with your moms and dads right now as you live and all of us that are a little bit older than you in our homes or our wives and our kids, you're not gonna make it out there in the real world consistently as a Christian, why? Because the enemy, Satan, the devil, attacks at home first. That's his playground, you guys. So we can't give him a stronghold there. That's why I'm always on you guys. As young people, change the rhythm of your house. Change the rhythm of how you respond in your relationships. Don't argue with your moms and dads and your brothers and sisters. Stop that, because when you do that, you're giving the devil a hold. Ephesians 4.24, I think is where it's at, don't hold me right to that, but it says, do not give the devil a foothold in your home. You're the one that's gotta change that. So tonight what I wanna do to start this series is I wanna look at if, okay, if flesh and blood, Dan, is not my enemy, who is? And I really believe what we'll look at tonight, I'm hoping you guys will start to understand, It's Satan. Go ahead and open up your bulletins real quick. I'm gonna try to stick with my bulletin tonight a little bit better. I've got a bunch of scripture references on the other side of the page. I want you guys to pay attention to this because I don't want this to be a Dan's opinion of Satan tonight, okay? I want this to be a biblical look at who God says through scripture, our enemy really is, okay? At the top, I've just got your, the enemy, I've got this in the bulletin as well. It says, a name says a lot about a person. And you guys can talk about that in your groups in a little bit. A name says a lot about a person. And that's true for Satan. And he lives up to his name. And we're going to look at what his name is first. Who is Satan? Many of you know the answer to this. This is going to be probably some reviews. Some of you may have some questions. But here's the deal. Satan is an angel who led a heavenly rebellion against God and lost and got got cast down to earth because of it. Watch this, I'm gonna see if I can explain this to you guys real quick and it's gonna be really brief, but I wanna give you guys some food for thought here, okay? It seems when you look at this, God created the angels, but God had to give the angels in their creation experience as well a free will because you see Satan rebelled. Satan, Lucifer was his name, actually is known through the theological look at he was the worshiping angel. He was the closest one to God's throne. He would have been the one that would have been right there leading worship for the Lord. If you're ever going to play in a worship band, I want you to hear me. You be, be careful with that. Because if God's gifted you with music, you're in that same world that that Lucifer, the devil, floated in, and you'll get yourself prideful and haughty because that's what happened to him. So you see this for a moment in time. The angels had to have a free will. So Satan and the third of the angels, according to Revelation, which we are talking about in a minute, got cast out of heaven because of the rebellion, okay? Then I believe what happened was it, and I've talked a lot about this with Pastor Dan, so you guys know God froze that free will, You don't see the angels having that luxury of having a free will like they did in the beginning, kind of like us. When we were were created, we have a free will. We're in a probationary period. Once that probationary period is over, when we step off into eternity, whatever state we're in is where we're frozen with our free will. I think the angels were the same way in creation. They had a free will. They had a probationary period. They blew it. Now there's no repentance. There's no redeeming for the angels whatsoever. Whatever state they're in, Michael the archangel, Gabriel the messenger angel, and Satan and his demons, they're all in a state that they're going to spend eternity in. And the angel, Satan and his angels, third of the angels, they're cast in the lake of fire later on, which we'll talk about. The angels that did not rebel against God, they're in heaven, and they're probably watching over us right now, I've been praying like crazy that that would happen. I hope that helps not confuse things, but just gives you a little bit of an idea of what, well, how could Satan, how could Lucifer rebel against God? That's how that happened. Because in the beginning, they had to have some sort of a sense of a free will. They had a probationary period, they had it, they blew it. now they're frozen in that state forever. There's a movie out Russell Crowe was in a long time ago called Noah. I hate that movie. I hate that movie. In that movie, it depicts that the angels, the rock people who were angels, made it to heaven again at the end. That will not happen with Satan and his demons. Listen to me. They are defeated and they do not get redeemed. Hang on to that thought. So the punishment for Satan's rebellion and a third of the angels was to be cast from heaven down to earth. That's where Jesus says in Luke 10:18, "I saw Satan fall like lightning to the earth, and a third of his angels came with him." So that's the rebellion. In the New Testament, Satan is referred to a lot as the devil, diablos. This means who is he again? The one who hurls himself against God and man in defiance and prideful rebellion. That's the devil, that's Satan, that's what he does, okay? The name Satan also means man's chief adversary, accuser, deceiver, destroyer of peace. So if you're trying to, you're thinking to yourself, man, I don't have any peace, it's because we have a supernatural foe that is trying his dead level best to make you extremely miserable, get you trapped in sin and get you far from God. He is a supernatural foe that we should not mess with. So if you don't have peace as a Christian, it's because you've allowed the devil to have access to your mind. Let me share this real quick while I'm talking about that. I'm gonna kind of try to bring all this together for you guys as we go through it. Have you ever wondered, can a Christian be possessed by a demon? Have you ever wondered that? Here's the answer. No. A Christian cannot be possessed by a demon because God doesn't share his house with evil. If you're a Christian, you've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells in your heart. A demon cannot reside there as well. Now, can a Christian be oppressed by a demon? You better believe he can. The devil has access to my mind, but he does not have access to my will. In other words, the devil can mess with my mind. He can oppress me from the outside in, make my life miserable, cause all sorts of trouble, try to trip me up with temptations and whatever else, but he cannot possess me, but he can oppress me because he has access to my mind, but I don't have to participate with him. I do not have to cooperate with him because he does not have access to my will. In other words, no, I'm not doing that. Or, no, this is not your playground. Get out in the name of Jesus. I have no authority over him, but Jesus does because he's already conquered him. So, hopefully, that answers that question. Here's the other thing Jesus calls the devil the father of lies. John 8 44. If you flip over to the other side of the page, it says, For you are, he's talking to the Pharisees, for you are children of your father, the devil, and you loved to do the things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. And he has he has hatred, or he has always hated the truth because the truth is not in him. When he lies, it is, his consist, it is consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. So the devil lies to you. Now watch, flip back over to that page again, okay? He's the one who told the very first lie in the beginning when he told Eve, surely you won't die. God says, don't eat from the fruit because of the tree because if you eat from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, if you eat that fruit, you will surely die. The devil comes along and says, Oh, Caitlin, come on, you can eat that fruit. It's okay, don't worry about it. I know what God said, but he, here's the deal God's trying to deceive you. Because if you eat that fruit, all it's going to make you is you're going to have the knowledge of good, and even though you'll be, you'll be like, God, go ahead, it'll be great. That's the devil and his lies. Listen to me, I'll hold true to this every single time. Every sin begins with a lie. I believe that with all my heart, because think about it. If I'm being tempted, let's just say, fellas, I'm being tempted with pornography. I'm gonna be tempted by pornography. I know I shouldn't do that, but I'm gonna lie to myself thinking even if I do it, I'm gonna be okay. It won't have any lasting effect. When I get married, I'll quit. No, you won't, because you've created habits in your life that you will not quit. And it's a lie, so I lie to myself first, saying it will be okay, and then I end up lying to everybody else, and no, I'm not doing that. You're picking up what I'm laying down? Every single sin will begin with a lie, and I believe that's true from the beginning. Here's what the devil tells us. There is no God. God doesn't care about you. Think about when you're in the middle of a, think about when you're in the middle of a battle and you're being tempted, and you're being, God's allowing you to go through a test, or whatever that looks like. Here's what the devil's gonna tell you. He's not gonna tell you this when you're having a good day, by the way. When things are going good, the devil's just gonna let you be. But about the time God allows something for you to start happening in your life, the first thing he's gonna say, there's no God anyway. That stuff Dan's been telling you, it's not true. He's the nutcase, he's been, he's been duped. It's a crutch for him, he needs Christ, you don't. He said, there is no God. Or here's the other one, here's the big one, I think. God doesn't even care about you. If God cared about you, you wouldn't be going through what you're going through. If God cared about you, your grandma and grandpa wouldn't be sick. If God cared about you, your mom and dad wouldn't get divorced. So how much can God care about you? See, that's a lie. That's the devil lying to your mind, trying to convince you to take your will and turn it against God. You guys see the rhythm here? And you can't give him your will. He doesn't have access to that. He can sit there and lie to me all he wants and there's nothing I'm gonna do about that other than not give him my will and we'll talk about that through this series that we're gonna be doing a little bit more down the road. But he'll tell you God doesn't care about you. Then why does God say in 1 Peter, cast your cares upon me because I care for you? Somebody's gotta be lying. Is it the devil or is it God? Jesus says, come to me if you're weary laden, and I come to me and I will give you rest. Who's lying, the devil or God? We know the answer to that, don't we? But when we're in the middle of it, we forget sometimes. And we gotta remember that the devil's lying to us all the time. The Bible can't be trusted. I know Dan says that first Peter thing, and God says that about he cares for us, so cast your cares. That's not true. Prove it to me. How am I going to? And then we'll start think, Well, then we start doubting. We're thinking. Well, how do I, how, how do I know that the Bible's true? Uh, can I really trust it? Don't be a lazy Christian. Go find out. Because the answer is yes. You can trust it without a shadow of a doubt. He also tells us your good works will get you to heaven. Don't worry about the. Don't worry about the, the porn. You're a good person. That'll get you to heaven. That Jesus thing it counts for something. But don't worry about it. You be good. You'll get there. He's lying to you constantly. So we've gotta ask ourselves at times, who's telling me the truth? The Bible and Christ or the devil? Jesus said he's a father of lies. It's in his character and he lies all the time. He's also, this is really critical. I want, this is a really, I think a more of a, a tougher one to understand sometimes. Satan is also called, in the Bible, the power of the prince of the air. This simply means this, the one who has authority over the influence of the world. See, as a Christian, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. Satan has, he's the power of the prince of the air. Right now, he has authority over the world system. So anything outside of Christ, he has authority over it. And God's allowed him to right now. So we can't just walk up to Satan and go, listen, you devil, and point my finger in the devil's chest because you know what, I'm gonna lose because he is a supernatural foe. He is not God's equal. But he is a supernatural foe who I have absolutely no authority over. Jesus does, though, and Jesus resides in my heart. Guess what? I have authority through Christ to not give him my will, but when I talk to him, in the book of Jude, Michael the archangel even says it this way. Jude says Michael the archangel didn't even rebuke the devil. He said in the name of Jesus, he rebuked him. And the authority of Jesus he rebuked him. By the blood of Jesus, he is rebuked. So when I have situations in my life, I don't want to talk to the devil. I walked with him for 38 years. I know what his breast smells like. I held hands with him for a long time. I have no desire to have a conversation with the guy ever again, other than it's like, no, Lord, I know I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. I know the devil's lying to me. I know it's true. Help me open my eyes spiritually so I can see the truth before me. Does that make sense to you guys? Because I don't want you walking out here tonight thinking, yeah, I'm going to just go out there and have it out with the devil. No! A.W. Tozer puts it this way, and I've told you guys this before. He wrote a book, I Talk Back to the Devil. All he's doing when he's talking back to the devil is reminding the devil I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. My name is written in the book of life, and I don't have to play your games. No, is how I talk back to the devil. No, I know you're messing with my mind, but I know it's not true, no. No. That's how you do that. So just understanding that. So Satan is the enemy of God and everything God does and everyone God loves. The the, the second point is this. What is Satan's purposes? Satan uses his power that God's allowed him to have to try to thwart the things of God. He tries to turn everything God's done upside down. Even look at the sexual stuff. You look at gender neutrality and all the different discussions on that. All that is is Satan's taking something that God has created in the beginning that was so beautiful. The sexual desire we had was for what? To procreate, to have babies. That's why he gave us that desire. He made it so beautiful between a man and a woman and then what happened at the fall when sin entered the world, Satan took that desire and he did not make it new. Satan's not created anything. He perverts everything good that God has given us. So he's taken that sexual desire and he turns it upside down on its head and perverts it. God sent Jesus Christ that those desires can be put back in place and be handled properly. God-given desires, God-governed desires. What we do as Christians even, and the world goes, God-given desire, either I try to govern it or I hand it over to Satan for him to govern it. And it's perverted and it's wrong. And it doesn't make any sense and it's been turned upside down. So he takes his power to try to thwart everything God's made so beautiful, he turns upside down. He, he attempts to dominate, and if you look at Isaiah 14, turn, turn back over to your scriptures, Isaiah 14 is at the top. This is Satan and how he would have talked to God in heaven. For you said to yourself, I will ascend. This is Satan talking, I will. I will ascend and set up my throne above God's stars. I will proceed on the mountaintop of God and, and far away from to, in the north, and I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high, I will, I will, I will. Isaiah chapter 14 in these sections is known as the I will section because this is Satan trying to dominate everything he wants to do. He's trying to dominate the kingdom of God and if he can't do that, which obviously he can't, he'll try to dominate your kingdom. Are you gonna let him? Because you have gotta let him. If what the Bible teaches me is true and he doesn't have access to my will, he can mess with my mind, but he doesn't have access to my will, I've gotta let him have power in my life you understand that? You wanna hear, I'm gonna really step off into the weeds for a second, you ready? I believe this to be true. It's a harsh statement and it's hard to get your arms around. We are, we are created to worship. We, that's what God's created us to worship. We're going to worship something or someone. That's where you have seen all the false idols in the Old Testament, what were they doing? They were worshiping false idols. They were committing adultery against God and that's what made God so crazy. When we cooperate with Satan, we're in a sense worshiping the one we're not supposed to. Does that make sense to you guys? We're taking our will, because when we worship tonight, I took my will and I lifted my heart up to God, didn't I? I, If I I fall into sin and I let Satan have power in my life, I literally have to go, okay, I'm going to come into cooperation with you, and I'm giving you my will now the same way I do God. We can't do that. That's exactly what he wants to do when he's ruling your kingdom. We've got to cooperate with him, you guys. He has no, as Christians, he has no authority over me. I don't have to cooperate with him. I do not have to be a slave to sin any longer. That, those chains are broken, that song. Chains have fallen. I am no longer a, 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 a slave to Satan and his temptations. He, but he, here's what he does, watch this. He attempts to deceive you, <clears throat> So he's the one who attempts to deceive you to disobey God, and then as soon as he does get you to disobey God, then he attempts. Then it says, then he once he gets you to be disobedient, then he blames you for it. So here's what it looks like: he's the tempter and the accuser. So he tempts me to sin, and when I do sin, then he turns right around and before God blames me for the sin that he talked me into. That's why you feel bad. That's why when you give in to sin, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I feel horrible. That's because Satan's accusing you to God. Look what he did. He's the one that talked you into it to begin with, and as soon as you do it, he turns right around and blames you for it. So he's the tempter and he's the accuser. Number four, what is his punishment? I got my numbers wrong there, don't I? Number three, what is his punishment? The judgment of Satan has already begun and has final and his final punishment is already set. It, it Satan is listen to me Satan is a defeated foe but he's the power the prince the power of the air who still has some authority when it comes to the world system but he is defeated by the blood of Jesus Christ he is a defeated a foe and here's his here's what he's got the completion of Satan's defeat will come when he and his angels are cast into the lake of fire praise God I can't wait till that happens That is an amazing thing when you think about it, that that's the destiny of the one that's messing with you. You're on the winning team, which I'll talk in a second, but when Satan messes with your mind and you give in to temptation, do you realize where he's headed to? Here's why I want you to realize that because unfortunately those who deny Christ and follow him the ways of the world, guess what? Your fate is the same as his because in, Matthew, in the book of Matthew it says, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, this is Jesus, talking to, talking to the goats and the sheep, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. The eternal fire was never meant for us. The lake of fire was never meant for us. It was meant for the devil and his angels, it makes it very clear that, but because of our disobedience to Christ and denying him and walking away from him, we have the same destiny, for those that do that, they have the same destiny, the lake of fire and outer, outer darkness and hell forever. Because they say this, I think it's C.S. Lewis says this, if I say on earth, you guys, no, Lord, my will be done, not your will. Jesus, my will be done, not your will. If I live that way on earth, here, why in the world would God let me into his heaven? If I have chosen to not want to have anything to do with God here, he's not going to let me into his heaven. So therefore, I've got to go somewhere for eternity, and I end up going the direction of the devil and his demons, into the lake of fire. Does that make sense to you guys? Into hell, basically in the outer darkness, into hell where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And all God says is, people say this to me all the time, well, I, can't, I don't want to serve a God that would send somebody to hell. Listen, I'm not trying to mince words here. Please hear me right. But I don't think God sends us to hell. I think God says when we get there, depart from me for I never knew you. You wanted to live here without me. I'm just giving you your way forever. You understand that? So we're the ones that actually choose because the Holy Spirit of God's prompting me. We make the choice to go, no, Lord, I don't want to go your way. And then when we stand before him in judgment, he's gonna go, you know what? I'll give you your way for eternity. Depart from me for I never knew you. I don't wanna hear those words, but that's the same fate. The last thing is our battle plan, and I'll wrap this one up quickly and give you guys to your groups. What is our battle plan? We're gonna be talking a lot about this in the next few weeks. Remember, 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 remember. Please remember this. We're not fighting for victory, people. We can't defeat the devil. The one who defeated the devil is the one who dwells in you, and that's Christ through the Holy Spirit of God. We fight from victory, not for victory. And if you get that, that changes the perspective of the battleground, because I'm already victorious. I'm on the winning team. I know where this ends up. I just gotta stay in the fight with the Lord. So Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. Stay in the battle. We fight from victory, not for victory. Our battle plan is this, after becoming a child of God, Satan becomes your adversary. Then he does this. His goal is to hunt you down and trap you in sin. Before you're saved, he could care less about you. You're a neutral pawn in the game. You give your life to Christ and you better believe he's going to be looking for you. And he's going to do his dead level best. His goal is to forever until we step off into eternity and hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, forever he's going to be trying to trap you in sin. That's his goal now because you are his enemy. To have victory over the, methods of, of, over the methods, a believer must do this. Be alert and sober-minded. First Peter 5, 8, because the devil is like a roaring lion looking for those to devour. I've shared this with you guys before. I think it's a picture that sticks in my head. When you watch the Animal Planet channel and you've got a group of antelope, the, the lion doesn't get the antelope in the middle of the group, does he? He gets the outliers, the weak ones. So if you see that picture in this youth group, If you're one of the outliers, the weak ones, who is weak spiritually because you haven't been building yourself in Christ, you're not reading your Bible, you're not doing your devotions, you're kinda getting trapped in sin once in a while, I want you to be that, I want you to see yourself that little bitty gazelle on the outside of the pack. And that lion is looking to devour you and to kill you. So we gotta be alert and sober-minded. We have to do this, we gotta humble ourselves before God. James four, six, and seven says, if you humble yourself before God, he'll give you grace. Watch, here's the rhythm, you ready? Watch the rhythm. James chapter four, verse seven, says this: "Submit yourself to God, that's humility, resist the devil in my mind, and He will flee." You hear? But the first thing is, I submit myself to God, humbling myself to the Lord through Jesus Christ. If I resist the devil through the power of the Holy Spirit, He will. Flee, the Bible says. Then I draw near to God and He draws near to me. That's the rhythm of what we're supposed to do. And then be, be strong in the Lord. And we'll talk about that next week with Ephesians chapter 6. And be prepared for hard times. As Christians, we're going to go through hard times. Listen, I shared this with you last week. We live in a fallen world, in fallen bodies, around fallen people. And we wonder why we have bad days, with a supernatural foe trying to kill you. And we wonder why our days go bad. It's not that hard to figure out, is it? When we really look at it from that perspective, a fallen world, fallen bodies around fallen people and a supernatural enemy that's trying to trip me up. Oh, but you know what? We got Christ. See, we got victory already. We don't have to walk around defeated because we are conquerors. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who gives me strength, Rather than build up, the devil wants to tear you down, destroy your peace, your hope, and your future. But remember, Jesus says that he has come that you have, made life, have life and have it to the full. Turn to your tables, talk about a few of those questions, and we'll get up here and we'll wrap up in just a few minutes. Okay, if I can have your attention back to the front of the room real quick. Um, I want to close the song. It's going to be a really weird song. It's going to be a song you guys got to be like, Dan, what would you play this for? But I want you to listen to this song because I don't want us walking out of here tonight giving Satan any ground in our life. He is a defeated foe, and the Lord fights for me. We sang about that type of thing earlier. We praise him. That's how we fight. We fight in prayer and all the different things. But I want you to notice in this song that I'm going to play tonight, it's the... It it has a lot to do with the Lord fights for me, but watch how he fights for me or how he reminds me that he fights for me because the reminders in this song are Bible stories. David and Goliath, Daniel in the lion's den, the woman who came in and anointed Jesus' feet with with her tears in her hair. The stories in scripture remind me that I have victory in Christ Jesus. Through the shed blood of Jesus, Satan is a defeated foe and I have victory in the Lord, and I've got to remember the battle belongs to the Lord, and he is always fighting for me. Listen to the song. So the question is, do you believe that? Or are you gonna let the devil lie to you and say God's not around, and he's not there for you? Or are you gonna believe tonight that God does fight for you And when you feel like you're in the lion's den and all of a sudden, I want you guys, if you're going through stuff tonight, I want you to hear that line in there. I was in the lion's den and matter of fact, I slept that night. I slept good that night. Why? Because I got peace in my heart knowing God fights for me, knowing that the Lord never abandons me and leaves me alone. Do you believe that? It's up to you to believe it, receive it, and walk like it. Satan is our adversary, our tempter. He's gonna do his best to trip you up but he is by the blood of Jesus a defeated foe and we don't have to let our mind be his playground, people. We take our will and we go no, I'm saved by the blood of Jesus, I have victory and I know God's fighting for me. I don't have to do this, I can sleep well tonight knowing that God's commissioned his angels, the Holy Spirit of God, and God himself fights for us because the battle belongs to the Lord, not you. But it's up to us not to believe the lies of the devil and to believe what scripture teaches us and what the Holy Spirit of God witnesses to my heart that I'm gonna be fine. I got gotcha. you. I'm here, you'll be okay. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you're good. Grateful, Lord, for your truth because this is something, Lord, I'm gonna go home tonight and I'm gonna have to believe your words. I'm gonna have to believe this in my own life that you fight for me, you're watching over me. Greater is he that is in me than that he that is in the world. I know I have victory in Christ. And even tonight, Lord, when I get home, I'll probably have to, to remind myself of these things that I've been teaching these students and these leaders tonight. Lord, I just pray that you remind us of these things through the power of your Holy Spirit. Brand these things upon our heart, Lord. Help us to just know and believe that they're true and to refuse the lies of the devil. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys, you are dismissed. Have a great night, everyone.